is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, it's an amazing thing. A few months ago, there was a massive scandal in Hollywood of uh, monumental proportions. Harvey Weinstein and a long list of uh, Hollywood actors who were molesting women. I mean physically molesting women. We don't even hear about it anymore. Isn't that amazing? Apparently it stopped. Apparently there are no others. It's all over. So liberal Democrats dressed up as Hollywood types. It's all done. It's all good. It's all fixed. Then it moved from there to Congress. We had members of Congress saying that there's widespread sexual harassment going on in Congress. They wouldn't name names, and they needed anti-sexual harassment training, or as the members of Congress put it, sexual harassment training. Kind of odd. Then um, Conyers' names, Franken's name comes out, some Republican names come out. Then we have Roy Moore. There's a story that broke in the Washington Compost well after the Republican primary in Alabama. A story by several reporters who happened to be in Alabama at a Moore rally, and they overheard somebody talking about Roy Moore and teenagers, plural. Now, the teenagers, now adults, one never heard of the other, but somehow these reporters overheard somebody talking about plural teenagers. And then that story came out. Then we have an effort. We've gone from Hollywood to Democrats to some Republicans to Roy Moore. Now we've gone to Donald Trump. That we need an investigation of Donald Trump and actually Kirsten Gillibrand who was a big backer of Bill Clinton and vice versa the only man to ever serve as president accused of actual rape she is leading the charge demanding that Donald Trump resign and be investigated by Congress I'm not sure which is supposed to come first neither is she so now all roads lead to Donald Trump now ladies and gentlemen these things don't just happen Here we have the Democrats working with the media to try and change the subject from Hollywood, from Congress, to Donald Trump. It was always going to be the case. Always going to be the case. And to put a fine point on this was Al Franken in his resignation speech. Now he gave that resignation speech on the, or noon, or the afternoon, of December 7th, a date that shall live in infamy, on December 7th. That evening, a few hours later, I commented on this, 
in this election in Alabama. There's a reason why the media are so obsessively focused on Alabama, because they want to turn it against Trump. If Roy Moore wins, it's a loss for Trump. If Roy Moore loses, it's a loss for Trump. Heads they win, tails they win. That's how this whole thing has been set up now. And you've got morons in the Republican Party, in the never-Trump crowd, who are all in. And they claim to be taking the moral high ground. When they're not taking any ground at all. They're predictable. So let's walk over some of this territory. The election in uh, Alabama is going on, and the polls close at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And as soon as we have results, we'll be the first to report them. So I hope you'll stay with us through all three hours. This is November 7th, 2017. Al Franken going to the floor of the Senate. And a few hours later, I comment on it. Cut one, go. Nevertheless, today I am announcing that in the coming weeks, I will be resigning as a member of the United States Senate. Now, this is bizarre. In the coming weeks. So, of course, your antennae go up immediately. Why wouldn't you resign right there and there? What do you wait? What's happening in the coming weeks? What's happening in the coming weeks? Let's I just want to remind you, this is December 7th. I'm live now. Let's go to the tape. Go ahead. We know if the Senate's in session in the coming weeks, right? Christmas, Hanukkah, they're all coming. In the coming weeks, hmm. But well, we all know what's happening here. The Alabama elections on Tuesday. Roy Moore might win. The reason the women Democrats came out of the Senate yesterday, all of a sudden, on Wednesday. Not last week, but Wednesday. Then the reason the other Democrats, the men, started lining up behind them. And then Schumer at the end of the day, to top it off, calling for Franken to resign. And then Franken's speech today, where he says specifically, he's going to be announcing, I'm announcing today that in coming weeks I will be resigning. In coming weeks, prospectively. It's so obvious, it's not even funny. It's a joke how they are now politically playing a very, very serious subject. If Roy Moore is elected, you're going to hear the calls for him to resign immediately, which, of course, he won't do. Mitch McConnell has already said he'll go to the Senate Ethics Committee, but you're going to hear demands for his expulsion and his resignation. And Roy Moore is not going to resign if he's elected. That's that's abundantly clear. So you're then going to start hearing from the Democrats in the Senate and their mouthpieces in the media, well, why should Franken resign? I mean, after all, the allegations against Moore are much worse. This is all a scheme, a sickening, cynical scheme, starting with Kirsten Gillibrand. I'm back live. Thank goodness I am. Um, So that's what they're waiting for tonight. Now, win or lose, in the case of Roy Moore, their guns, their political guns are focused on Trump. Kirsten Gillibrand, who was a Bill Clinton defender right up till the end of 2016. Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, who has never come to the defense of Juanita Broderick. She's never come to the defense of Paula Jones. She's never come to the defense of Kathleen Willey or any of the women who were molested by Bill Clinton. Never even bothered her. Kirsten Gillibrand, who never supported the impeachment or the removal of Bill Clinton by the United States Senate, never voiced 
support for what the Republicans were doing. You see, because, ladies and gentlemen, as I said the other day, the Republicans were way ahead of the times. You say, Kirsten Gillibrand says, things have changed since Bill Clinton was president. But, ladies and gentlemen, things haven't changed since 2016 when he supported her and she supported him. She's a chameleon. She's a fraud. She's a fake. And by her logic and the logic of the left, we've had a cultural change, you see. A cultural change. Well, not really. Lots of us supported the impeachment and removal of Bill Clinton. We knew what he did. We knew it was wrong. And we're not even talking only about the sexual harassment and molestation aspects of this. We're talking about that plus then the cover-up, the perjury, the obstruction of justice. You know, all that stuff. That caused him to lose his law license and to be penalized uh, and for him to resign from the Supreme Court bar, among many other things. But none of that dissuaded Kirsten Gillibrand from supporting her hero. Despite all the evidence, despite an independent counsel's report, despite the cigar and the dress and all the rest of it, Kirsten Gillibrand stood by her man. And her man was Bill Clinton. And all the libs are trying to rewrite history because they so desperately want her to be a candidate for President of the United States. Kirsten Gillibrand, now the leader of the anti-sexual harassment movement in the Senate. She gets to decide who stays and who resigns. And she says, well, Bill Clinton should have resigned. Now, what kind of a buffoon is she? And what kind of a buffoon does she think we are collectively? She thought he should resign, but last year she's campaigning with him. She thinks Trump should resign. Well, who named her the resigner-in-chief? Who named her the person who gets to decide these things? She's nothing but a backbencher Democrat, freshman, uh, excuse me, uh, senator from New York. From New York. Now, the president put out a tweet. The president put out a tweet. And he was talking about Kirsten Gillibrand. And the Democrats and the liberals and the media want you to believe that what he said was sexist. See, the Democrats have succeeded in politicizing sex. You either agree with them on who can have sex, who can have certain genitalia, what you can do with your genitalia, when you can do it with your genitalia, who pays for your genitalia, who pays to remove your genitalia, who pays to add your genitalia, who pays for this. And pay. Either you agree with them or you're a sexist. It all started with Harvey Weinstein, and here we are, talking about Donald Trump. This is how conniving and evil the left is. So Donald Trump pushes out a tweet today. Lightweight Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, true. A total flunky for Chuck Schumer, true. And someone who would come to my office begging for campaign contributions not so long ago, true. And would do anything for them, true, because she's a chameleon. Is now the in the ring fighting against Trump. Very disloyal to Bill and Crooked, used. So now the Democrats, so desperate. So desperate to claim sexual harassment, even when there isn't any, except among their ranks and among their supporters in Hollywood. They're saying that when Trump said begging for campaign contributions and would do anything for them, that that was sexist. What's he trying to say by that? 
Now, you have to be truly perverse of mind. Truly perverse of mind to read into that a sexual connotation. And yet that's what these people are. Here's Kirsten Gillibrand at a press conference today. She's holding press conferences every day now because she is in charge of the anti-sexual harassment brigades after campaigning shoulder-to-shoulder with Bill Clinton. And look how the media throw her softballs. Cut to go. Were you offended by the insinuations? Now stop. Now we have a reporter saying that there are insinuations in that tweet. There's no insinuations in that tweet, uh, uh, tweet unless you are perverse of mind. But Gillibrand, she knows. They're working together, the media and Gillibrand. Go. It was a sexist smear attempting to silence my voice. No, it was not a sexist smear attempting to silence your voice. Nobody can silence you. In fact, I think we need to hear more from you. I really do. I think we all want to hear more from you. Of course, I say this sarcastically because I think you say things that in the future will point out what a class A hypocrite you are. Go ahead. I will not be silenced on this issue. Neither will the women who stood up to the president yesterday. And neither will... Uh, how about the women who stood up to your favorite president, Bill Clinton? They were silenced. What did you do to help them, Gillibrand? As a matter of fact, matter of fact, you supported Hillary Clinton. You voted for Hillary Clinton. You campaigned with Hillary Clinton, even though Hillary Clinton led the charge to silence those women. And you didn't care about that, Gillibrand. You didn't care about it at all. Because that would have hurt Hillary Clinton's chances to become president of the United States. You're a fraud. You're a chameleon. Go ahead. ...of women who have been marching since the Women's March to stand up against policies they do not agree with. Do you see this Do you see this as sexual harassment by tweet? Who is this guy? Go. I see it as a, sex, a sexist smear. I mean, All right, that's enough. That's enough. You know, my wife, my mother-in-law, they, they, they have nothing but cringing contempt for Kirsten Gillibrand. Nothing but cringing contempt for her. And I bet there's tens of millions of women across the country who listen to her and feel exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. This was not a sexist smear. And this reporter constantly feeding her one-liners so she can go through her talking points. It is truly grotesque. And the media pick up on this and the media push this because you see, ladies and gentlemen, you're not talking about Harvey Weinstein anymore and these scores and scores of Democrats dressed up as actors and actresses, dressed up as authors, dressed up as playwrights and directors and producers. No more of them. Not done with them. And we're not talking about Conyers anymore. And when they are talking about Franken, what are they doing? They're talking about Franken. Well, you know, we need to have second thoughts here. Exactly as I told you they would. But there is a woman who is abused because of her gender, because of her looks. There is a woman who is abused, and Kirsten Gillibrand hasn't come to her defense. And Mika Brzezinski has not come to her defense. 
And reporters have not come to her defense, and I'll tell you who that is in a moment. Mark Lovin. Charlie Rose, what happened to the growing number of sexual predators, in fact, in the media, New York Times, CNN, NPR, what happened to them? We don't talk about them anymore. The entire media complex, the Praetorian Guard media, and the Democrat Party, and the Hollywood elite, they have figured this out. They think you're suckers. And so, calling for Donald Trump to resign like a bunch of morons, demanding that Congress hold hearings on Donald Trump like a bunch of morons, in order to draw your attention away from serial sexual molestation and predation in Hollywood, in the media, and much of the Democrat Party. You're supposed to blink, blink, and blink. But there is a woman. There is a woman who's being brutally abused by the left and the Democrats. No, not Sarah Palin. She had her turn, though, didn't they? And I don't remember Kirsten Gillibrand coming to her defense. But I'm talking about another woman. I'll be right back. When the going gets tough... A tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Sarah Palin's brutalized. Kirsten Gillibrand says nothing. And by the way, I'm using her as an example. Melania Trump gets attacked. Kirsten Gillibrand says nothing. But the woman I'm talking about right now is Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It's a piece by Julie Kelly at National View Online, and she's a writer for from Orlando Park, Illinois. The vicious and vile personal attacks leveled against White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders by reporters, columnists, and celebrities are unlike anything a presidential secretary in recent memory has had to endure. They make the mockery of Sean Spicer look tame. Sanders has been ridiculed for her weight, her makeup, her accent, and her clothes. She's been called dumb as a rock by a U.S. congressman. American Urban Radio Network's correspondent April Ryan spent two days after Thanksgiving questioning, questioning, the authenticity of a holiday pie Sanders had posted on Instagram. Saturday Night Live did an appalling skit about Sanders a few weeks ago, making her look obese and stuffed into a leather teddy, reenacting a Demi Lovato video. But it's hard to top the hate campaign launched by the talentless and shameless Chelsea Handler, who sadly did not keep her promise to leave the country after Trump won and who's only one woman rampage against Sanders. Despite writing this a year ago, quote, fine women, 
that are different than you and figure out the things you have in common. We have a whole generation of girls who are looking at us to see how we treat each other. Let's show them what the power of being a woman really looks like. Let's open our arms to each other and to them. What Handler really meant to say, apparently, is let's gang up on, a conservative, on conservative women and make fun of them for how they look and call them whores, quote-unquote. In an interview last week with former Clinton advisor Lanny Davis, Handler called Sanders a harlot. Over the weekend, Handler tweeted, Get the Sarah Huckabee Sanders look at Fortune Funny. New Chelsea show Friday. It's not just bitter, washed-up hacks like Handler who are going after Sanders. MSNBC Morning Joe host Mika Brzezinski shamed Sanders for her supposed shortcomings as a mother a few weeks ago. After Sanders had refused to say that Trump's Pocahontas taunt about Elizabeth Warren was racist, Brzezinski lashed out at her for defending the president. It's sick. The whole relationship between Trump and Sanders is sick. You have taken the oath. You're raising three children. Stop. Can you imagine Brzezinski using the child of either Jay Carney or Josh Ernest to rebuke them for the lies they told on behalf of the Obama administration? Jay, you're a father. How can you lie to the parents of the Benghazi terror attacks victims? Never happened. The double standard is glaring. Sanders is routinely subjected to personal lines of questioning from the press that a man in her position would not face. During Monday's press briefing, CNN political analyst Brian Kareem posed this question to Sanders. As a woman standing here talking to us, I know your job is to relate what the president says. Have you ever been sexually harassed? And I'm not saying by the president, I'm saying ever. And secondly, do you have an empathy for those who come forward? Because it's difficult for women to come forward. Kareem's questions were related to a press conference earlier in the day featuring three women who have accused Donald Trump of sexual harassment. But in a zeal to try and land a zinger on the president's spokeswoman, Kareem crossed a line. How exactly was Sanders supposed to respond? Even if she had a story to share, she politely demurred. I'm not here to speak about my personal experience on that front, she said. Neither Kareem nor any member of the press corps truly cares if Sanders has been the victim of sexual harassment. The question was clearly a setup to see if Sanders would take the bait. And if she had, she would have bullied on the basis of her sex for failing to show sympathy for Trump's accusers. Liberal male columnists have written about Sanders in terms that, if applied to a progressive woman, would be recognized as despicable and borderline misogynist. In the most infamous example, Los Angeles Times writer David Horsey called her a slightly chunky soccer mom in a scathing column. It was so clearly offensive that he was forced to issue an apology. I want to apologize to the Times readers and to Sarah Huckabee Sanders for a description that was insensitive and failed to meet the standards of our newspaper. I've removed the offending description, he said. But just when you think a media establishment that has lost its collective mind, credibility, and sense of decency since last November can't go any lower, it does. These sexist, cruel taunts have little to do with Sanders' job performance or making sure the American public gets the facts from a sometimes fact-adverse White House, she writes. Viewed from a wider lens, the treatment of Sarah Sanders has little to do with Sanders at all. The vicious ridicule is directed at all conservative women particularly women from the South, 
whom the left will never forgive for helping elect Donald Trump. It's on a continuum with attacks against conservative women such as Kellyanne Conway, Ivanka Trump, Melania Trump, and Betsy DeVos. The hatred is aimed at all female Trump voters. Sanders is simply a proxy. A year that began with fall feminists participating in the Women's March, where aggrieved women loudly pledged to defend their sisterhood against sexist bullying or attacks, is ending with a whimper. This is why Kirsten Gillibrand is a fraud, a phony, a chameleon. Her history of defending liberal sexual predators, taking donations from liberal sexual predators, supporting Hillary Clinton. Every one of you phony feminists out there, all you liberal Democrats, all you liberal Democrats in Congress, Gillibrand and all the rest, who supported, defended, campaigned for, and advocated on behalf of Hillary Clinton. You defended a woman who tried to silence the women who were victims of her husband. You defended a woman who tried to smear Juanita Broderick, who came forward with specific rape allegations against Bill Clinton. You defended, supported, campaigned for, voted for a woman who went after Kathleen Willey, who went after Paula Jones, who went after all the women who tried to come forward and tell the American people about Bill Clinton. That's Kirsten Gillibrand. And you know who never did that? You know who ever, ever did that? Huckabee Sanders. She never did that. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Kirsten Gillibrand did that. Now we're all supposed to focus on Alabama and Roy Moore. Oh, no, 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 we have to. Because if he wins, we all lose. And if he loses, we all win. That's what we're told. And you see, if he wins, Donald Trump really loses. And if he loses, Donald Trump really loses. You know, the Democrats have two press releases ready tonight. They have two press releases ready tonight, and in both cases, Donald Trump's the loser. The Democrats are ready. The press has two scenarios ready tonight, identical to the Democrat press releases. If Moore wins, Trump's a loser. If Moore loses, Trump's a loser. But in any event, if Moore loses, we have to put him behind us. Oh, Doug Jones, the leftist, yes, that's the future of the South. And Donald Trump can't even win Alabama, despite the fact that he supported a sexual predator. There's your story. That's what they're going to argue. And by the way, never Trumpers will argue the same thing. Because they're in agreement on this. They're... Their deep-seated hatred of Trump and their humiliation that he won against their magnificent advice that 17 people listened to. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the most abused woman in Washington, D.C., politically. She's the most abused public official after the president in Washington, D.C. Not Kirsten Gillibrand. You won't have any reporter ask Sarah Huckabee Sanders if the comments made about her or the skits done about her or the columns written about her are offensive, if they have insinuations, 
if they're sexist. Sarah Huckabee Sanders doesn't want to be a victim. Kirsten Gillibrand wants to be a victim of Donald Trump's tweets because she's all about politics all the time, not about the truth. We're supposed to ignore her hypocrisy. In fact, it's worse. We're supposed to ignore the fact that she pushed for, campaigned for, donated to, voted for Hillary Clinton, who supported, defended her husband. We're sp- oh, wow, what a wonderful wife. Her husband, who was fondling, groping, raping, grabbing, all the way to the White House. The Democrat Party nominates this guy. He's elected twice. The Democrat Party defends him in the House against impeachment. The Democrat Party votes against his removal in the Senate. But now Kirsten Gillibrand, who campaigned for him and with him in 2016, and his wife. Now she gets to decide who's moral, who's ethical, who's a sexual predator, who's not a sexual predator. Who should resign? Who shouldn't resign? She is contemptible. Absolutely contemptible. Her inconsistencies are drooling with partisanship. And the media continue to build her up. And dare you question her? Then you must not like women. Now all of us who have wives, all of us who have mothers, all of us who have daughters... All of you who have sisters, all of us who have mothers-in-law, we must hate women, you see, because we're not leftists. We're not hypocrites. Something's wrong with us. Nothing's wrong with us. Nothing at all. Something's wrong with them. Something's very wrong with them. And so, and so, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is asked to question Is this by April Ryan, Mr. Producer? By the very same April Ryan who questioned whether she actually made her pecan pie. Nobody makes a pecan pie like that. That can't possibly be you. Another knucklehead. Here's how that goes. Cut 15, go. Um, Gillibrand owed an apology for the misunderstanding of the president's tweet this morning because many, including Senator, think that it's about... No, 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 no. Many do not think it's about sexual innuendos. Leftists, Democrats, partisan hacks, political hacks. Like you, April Ryan, you're a political hack. Can you admit it? Can you admit that you're a leftist? Oh, I know you're dressed up as a reporter and so Can you admit that you're a leftist? Of course not. But just the nature of the question, you know, that it was sexual innuendo. Many, many, including including uh, the senator, thinks that it's about sexual innuendos, don't you know? It has nothing to do with it. Nothing whatsoever. Go ahead. Sexual innuendos. I think only if your mind is in the gutter would you have read it that way. And um, so, no, Hunter. No, it's not. It's it, when he, what he said was open, and it, it was not mind. And it's obviously talking about uh, political partisan games that people often play, and the broken system that he's talked about repeatedly. This isn't new. This isn't a new sentiment. This isn't new terminology. Uh, he's used it several times before. As I said a few minutes ago, he's used it several times before, uh, referencing men of both uh, both parties. By the way, he used it on Romney. Exactly the same language, or almost exactly the same language. He must have done that because 
Was he sexually harassing Romney? And if he was, is that okay? I'll be right back. Mark in. Your favorite part of going to the mall as a kid was stopping by Mrs. Fields. It'll probably be your favorite part of going holiday shopping this year, too. Something about that first soft bite of the perfect chocolate chip cookie just makes you feel like a kid again, doesn't it? This holiday season, you can give your friends and family that same feeling of pure joy with a holiday gift arrangement from Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Fields' cookies have been around for 40 years. Everyone knows and loves them. Remember the very first time you had one? It's like you finally knew what a chocolate chip cookie should taste like. They're so soft and chocolatey, just thinking about those cookies makes my mouth water. And Mrs. Fields' cookies are freshly baked, and they're ready to enjoy right out of the box, so everyone can have what they've always wanted right now. Here's an exclusive deal for you, my beloved audience. Go to MrsFields.com. MrsFields.com. Do it right now. Click on the microphone on the upper right-hand corner and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. And that way you'll save 20%, 20% on any Mrs. Fields product, including their best-selling Peace, Love, and Cookies tin, which comes with holiday favorites like Nibbler's Bite-Sized Cookies, Brownie Bites, and more. Just click on the microphone, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll get 20% off any product at MrsFields.com. By the way, happy Hanukkah out there. It's the first night of Hanukkah. First night of Hanukkah. Many to come. Many to come. Well, Mr. Producer, give me a call, would you? Give me a caller, please. The great WABC, Greg in New Jersey. Go. Mr. Levin, thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, listen, you. I, I sit here and I, I, yes, I'm conservative. I, you, you hit it on the head. I don't understand why when a Christine Hillebrand or these fake women who are women activists, why is there no one in the media, and I know it's a small conservative portion of that, why doesn't anyone just say to her what you just said? Christine, I assume that... By the way, it's Kirsten, 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 Kirsten. Kirsten, where will be the quotes that you railing and ranting when Bill Clinton was doing it? Where will be your quotes about Hillary shushing these women? They never happened, and no. Where is your defense? Where is your defense of Huckabee Sanders? Where is her defense? Where was her defense of Sarah Palin? She is a liberal Democrat hack, and they have now politicized gender. That's exactly what's going on, and they saw uh, that they were going down to defeat what was going on with all these left-wing Democrats in Hollywood, starting with Harvey Weinstein one of their uh, sugar daddies. Then uh, they saw it was spreading in the media. They need Hollywood. They need the media. They needed Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose and all the rest of them. Then it started to spread to Congress, and they said, oh, we have an idea. The Washington Post comes to the rescue with the Roy Moore story after the Republican primary, and now it's Trump. He must resign. Who the hell is this person, this this junior senator from New York, this complete hypocrite and chameleon, doesn't take my word for it. Even one of Hillary Clinton's former spokesmen said exactly the same thing. Who is she to tell us who's to resign? Can you tell me that, sir? 
Oh, stop asking me where the uh, cowards are. Don't get it, though. They, had... they never get it right. No, no, no. You expect McConnell to do anything? Come on, man. But where, why don't we get them all? Listen, I voted for Trump as much as I couldn't stand Hillary and her fakeness, as much as because these Republicans do nothing. They kowtow, and the Democrats... So let me get this straight, vote. sir. You did not vote for Hillary Clinton, who was abusing, threatening... Uh, smearing women who came forward to question her husband, allegations of rape, sexual molestation, other predations. You're telling me, sir, you didn't vote for that woman? Oh, my God. How could I not? Well, would it, would it, would it surprise you that Kirsten Gillibrand campaigned for her? But she's all for women's rights. All right, my friend. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, of course, the media won't mention that Doug Jones, who's the Democrat running in Alabama, is as left-wing as any Democrat official from Massachusetts. He's uh, every bit as left-wing as Elizabeth Warren. So if he loses, that could be a reason, don't you think? But the world will survive after tonight. This is more than about the election in Alabama. We have people who are trying to turn this into agenda-driven. And whether it's their personal agendas or their professional agendas or their political agendas. And we're all forced to witness this. We are deluged with this. This is one Senate race. That's it. One Senate race. And this is the way the media operate. And not just the liberal media. All the damn media. They just rush in a direction we're all supposed to go with them. The Washington Post runs this story. And ever since they ran that story, we've all been forced into one direction. Forced into one direction. The most powerful people in this country are so-called journalists. Not because they're journalists, but because they can create a stampede. They can create a stampede for people. They can create a stampede against people. They can create a stampede for a candidate, against a candidate. You're going to see all kinds of analyses in this Alabama race. Was the black vote as big as it should have been? The black vote was overwhelming. How about the white vote, the Christian evangelical vote? Was it the rural vote that did it? What was it? So race will be introduced into this because the media have to introduce race. Gender will be introduced into this because the media have to introduce gender. What about the issues? Tell me. 
Have there been any real discussions about Doug Jones' positions on the issues other than a few smatterings here and there and some some surface-level discussions? No. No. Everybody with their own agenda. Let me tell you something. The polls in Alabama close in 50 minutes. And the columns are already written. The press releases already written. If he wins, if he loses. And the last paragraph of the press releases are all the same in the Democrat Party. Whether he wins or loses, they have the last paragraph prepared. Mitch McConnell already has his statement ready. Should more win or more lose? Pretty much will say the same thing either way. Cory Gardner, a backbencher, so far in the backbench, he's not even on the Senate floor half the time. Our new face of the Republican Party from Colorado. Two faces, really. He's ready with his press release. Everybody's ready with their press releases. Everybody's ready to go on cable TV. Everybody's ready with their column, their tweet, their Facebook post, their Instagram. Everybody's poised and ready. And the loser will unanimously be said, on the left, the Democrats, the media, Donald Trump. If Roy Moore wins... Donald Trump's the loser. If Roy Moore loses, Donald Trump's the loser. You want to hear the arguments? I'm going to give you the arguments before the polls close and before we know the results. If Roy Moore wins, Donald Trump loses because, you see, Donald Trump endorsed, campaigned for, did robocalls for Roy Moore. Therefore, Donald Trump supports pedophilia. And therefore, we need to know more about Donald Trump, sexual harassment, the allegations about Donald Trump, pressure for more uh, his resignation, uh, pressure for congressional hearings, more women coming forward, funded by organizations backed by George Soros and Media Matters. You know, it's all a setup. It's all a setup. Kirsten Gillibrand will be out there. No questions allowed to be asked about Gillibrand, just like Obama. Can't say anything. Nah, don't say anything. Nothing. You're going to be accused of being a racist. Don't attack her. You're going to be accused of being a misogynist. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. Shut up. And that's the irony. She says she will not be silenced, but she wants all of us to be silenced. Then, if Doug Jones wins, who? The more opponent. If he wins, the leftist. Here's the spin. The Democrats can even win in the Deep South, in one of the most Republican states in the nation that Donald Trump won by 400 points. The Democrats have shown how to win. Donald Trump is tearing his party to pieces. Donald Trump is dragging his party down. And with the endorsement of Roy Moore, bad advice, the endorsement of Roy Moore, he's going to have to live with that. And it may cost the Republicans the midterm elections. He should have listened to Mitch McConnell. He should have listened to Cory Gardner. Who? Cory Gardner. This is a great day for the nation. Great day for the republic. Where the people turn back a homophobic, segregationist, pedophile. How could anybody have voted for that man? Anybody. And if Doug Jones wins in a squeaker, look at that. Look at this. 
The guy won barely. He barely won. He should have won by a landslide. A liberal Democrat who should be running a Massachusetts, running a, hey, should have won by the landslide. Roy Moore wins. What will the Republicans do now? He is the face of the Republicans. What will the Republicans do now? Will they seat him? Will they seat him, then expel him? Will they file a complaint with the Senate Ethics Committee? Well, it may not have jurisdiction. Hey, will they or won't they? Yes, yes, McConnell said they would. Will they seat him? Will they not seat him? Will they seat him and get rid of him? Will they seat him and then investigate? What, what will the Republicans do? They don't know what to do there. They look like fools. And the Democrats and the media and both will be pointing fingers every single day that they stand for women. No more Harvey Weinstein. No more endless names coming out of Hollywood. Big Democrats, liberals, big funders of the Democrat Party. No more Matt Lowers and Charlie Roses. No, no, no. The media have all cleaned up their act. Oh, no more big-name liberal Democrats on Capitol Hill. Shh, shh, be quiet. We got them on the run. No more. No more. Don't say anything. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is where it's headed. Because the progressives control the media. The progressives control Hollywood. The progressives control Politics, quite frankly, in this country. And they control the narrative. Even if that narrative is not reality, it doesn't matter. Which is how Kirsten Gillibrand can keep holding press conferences as if she's the politician who should be out front taking on sexual harassment. Except, of course, when it involved Clinton and Ted Kennedy and on and on and on. This is a party who supported a man to the very end, even lionizes him today, who drove off a bridge and allowed a woman to drown. Can't even bring it up. What are you, cook? Wait, what, what, what? You bring up Chappaquiddick? What the hell's wrong with you? And, of course, the Republican establishment and the never-Trumpers, uh, which overlaps, they'll be joining in. The howling hyenas and coyotes out there making these these arguments. Oh, and you evangelical Christians, you're going to be attacked too. How can you possibly be a Christian and and uh, not and voted for Roy Moore? There's not a binary choice. I mean, you know, you could have written somebody in. You could have voted for some. Not a binary choice. Well, then what is it? I don't know. You can you, you don't even have to vote. It's not a binary choice. And my morals are better than your morals. My ethics are better than your ethics. And they have to come to that conclusion by concluding that Roy Moore is a pedophile. And there certainly, certainly is not this overwhelming evidence that the man is any of the thing of the sort. And so uh, this is another spectacle in a series of spectacles. While the North Koreans keep threatening to nuke us, while Iran today announced that it will back Hamas in a war against Israel, 
while the Chinese continue to expand their power in the South China Sea and, South, and Southeast Asia, while the Russians continue to build up their threats and their military, while the borders are wide open, thanks to the Democrats and their 1965 law in the Great Society, where we have the uh, chain migration, thanks to Washington, we have this lottery system, which I was the first to pound away on, if you remember, Mr. Producer. And uh, nothing gets done. That is, nothing for America gets done. Nothing for liberty gets done. Nothing for constitutional government gets done. Nothing. Because when the left wins, they drive their agenda. When the left loses, they destroy our agenda. In fact, when the Republicans win, they enshrine the left's agenda. Obamacare will never be repealed now. Never. Your children and your grandchildren are stuck with it. Because the Republican Congress wouldn't kill it. That's simple. The Republicans enshrine everything the Democrats do. You've got a president who is clearly overperforming what many people thought, which is why he's under such vicious attack, single-handedly getting rid of these these regulations, single-handedly trying to give land back to the states and the individuals from whom it was stolen by Obama, single-handedly trying to rebuild American foreign policy, single-handedly nominating people to the federal bench who will actually uphold the Constitution they swear to uphold. And he's hated. Because Kirsten Gillibrand says he should resign. Oh, well then I've changed my mind. Oh, Kirsten, wait a minute. Kirsten Gillibrand says he should resign? Then I guess he should resign. Because who knows better than Kirsten Gillibrand? We do not have fighters, or very so few fighters in the Republican Party, in the elected Republican Party. They don't go out there and say, uh, start blasting away at Al Franken. Maybe they'll issue a, a passive comment or something like that. But they don't go out there and, and uh, punch the walls and so forth and so on. These Democrats, they're relentless about nothing. They concoct uh, provocations. And then they go out there and repeat them. It's just that, you, you know, the, uh, the Republicans are like the Washington senators. You know that, Mr. Producer? Remember them? They would play the Globetrotters. That's my favorite team. I love those guys, by the way. Very patriotic. And they just lose all the time. They just lose. They're losers. They're losers. The Democrats run circles around them. When it comes to propaganda, when it comes to positioning. I mean, this sexual harassment scandal was a Hollywood scandal, then a media scandal, then a Democrat scandal. And now all of a sudden, it's a Donald Trump supposed scandal. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is a party. A party that reveres Ted Kennedy. This is a party 
that nominated and elected Bill Clinton twice. This is a party, and I'll say it, that reveres Lyndon Johnson, despite the fact he was a sexual predator. Ready for this one? This is a party that reveres. I know it's tough, but we got to deal with reality here. This is a party that reveres John Kennedy. It's a well-known sexual predator. Kirsten Gillibrand, the Democrats, now they're the party of women. Not the party of women. They're the party of leftism. They're the party of chameleons. They're the party of hypocrisy. They're the party of big government. Anything goes. Anything goes. And the Republicans are the Washington Senators. I don't mean the baseball team. What was that basketball team that always lost? Do you know what I'm talking about, Rich? The Washington Generals. They're the Washington Generals. Yeah, Mitch McConnell running up and down the court in his shorts. Uh, followed by Lamar Alexander. Let's have a mental image of this. Lindsey Graham, probably the water boy. What else do we have here? I don't remember. Whatever. And you knew they were going to do this. We discussed this at length weeks and weeks and weeks ago. That this is how it would end up. All this stuff came up during the campaign. All of it was addressed during the campaign. The voters decided that's that. But Kirsten Gillibrand has decided, no, that's not that, that. That's that. He must resign. So stupid. And by the way, remember when they mocked Mike Pence? <clears throat> Mike Pence, who is an evangelical Christian, a thoroughly decent man, a family man, a wonderful husband to a wonderful wife. Remember when he said, look, I don't, I don't really go into travel, go into these meetings. I, I, I don't travel without my wife. I don't want to be alone by myself with a woman I don't know. And why? Because he doesn't want to be accused of anything. Remember how they mocked him? Oh, look at this idiot. Look at this throwback. What the hell? He must be from a rural part of Indiana, you know, with all the dweebs out there. What, what is he, a dummy? It's America. Cultures changed. Of course you can. You can even use the same bathroom. Guy can use a female's bathroom. Female can use a guy's What's the problem here? No problem. This guy, he won't even meet, you know, with women, and he won't, he won't travel with them unless his wife's with him. What a cornball. How bizarre. So you can't win with the left, and that's the point. They don't just want to defeat you, they want to destroy you. And when things come out about their immorality, their lack of ethics, in some cases, criminality, they're not really concerned about the victims. Kirsten Gillibrand says, oh, I believe these ones. She doesn't care about the victims, in my view. She cares about the politics. She cares about getting Trump. And yes, she solicited contributions from Donald Trump and his family, and she got some. And she got some. Well, that was then. The culture's changed now. I'll be right back. Fin. 
America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. What exactly... Let's move on. Sick of this subject. What exactly is Hanukkah? Many of you, you've ever wondered what Hanukkah really is? Well, it's a Jewish holiday. Well, why is it a Jewish holiday? The name Hanukkah means dedication. Well, what does that mean? Dedication. Like thoughtscompany.com explains. It reminds us that this holiday commemorates the rededication of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Following the Jewish victory over the Syrian Greeks in 165 B.C., In 168 BCE, the Jewish temple was seized by Syrian Greek soldiers and dedicated to the worship of the god Zeus. Well, this infuriated the Jewish people, but many were afraid to fight back for fear of reprisals. In 167 BCE, the Syrian Greek emperor Antiochus made the observance of Judaism an offense punishable by death. He also ordered all Jews to worship Greek gods. Antiochus. Jewish resistance began in the village of Modin, near Jerusalem. Greek soldiers forcibly gathered the Jewish villages, uh, villagers and told them to bow down to an idol, then eat the flesh of a pig. Both practices forbidden to Jews. A Greek officer ordered... Mattathias, a high priest, to acquiesce to their demands, but he refused. When another villager stepped forward and offered to cooperate on Mattathias's behalf, the high priest became outraged. He drew his sword and killed the villager, then turned on the Greek officer and killed him too. His five sons and the other villagers then attacked the remaining soldiers, killing all of them. Now, Mattathias and his family went into hiding in the mountains, where other Jews wishing to fight against the Greeks joined them. Eventually, they succeeded in retaking their land from the Greeks. These rebels became known as the Maccabees. Once the Maccabees had regained control, they returned to the temple in Jerusalem. By this time, it had been spiritually defiled by being used for the worship of foreign gods and also by practices such as sacrificing swine. Jewish troops were determined to purify the temple by burning ritual oil in the temple's menorah for eight days. To their dismay, they discovered there was only one day's worth of oil left in the temple. They lit the menorah anyway, and the small amount of oil lasted the full eight days. The Miracle of Hanukkah. Celebrated every year when Jews light a special menorah known as the Hanukkah for eight days. One candle is lit on the first night of Hanukkah, two on the second, and so on until eight candles are lit. Now, there's more details to this, obviously. Uh, But there are people far more qualified than I to explain it. But that's a thumbnail sketch. 
a revolt, if you will, a rebellion against tyranny. You know, doing a lot of holiday shopping from your mobile device, while retailers expect 54% of holiday shoppers to visit their sites for mobile devices. You know, scammers see this as an opportunity to steal your credit card information and other personal data by distributing phony retail apps. You ever heard of this? Be cautious. Only download apps from reputable app stores. Read the reviews for any complaints about malware. Malware. You know, because your information can still be stolen in many ways you may not detect. Thieves can sell your information on the dark web or get an online payday loan in your name. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If you have a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will actually work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss. Join now and get 10% off with promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to lifelock.com and use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, to save 10% right now. Well, let's see here. What do we have? I still don't have my call screen. Mr. Producer, who shall I speak to? Or to whom shall I speak? Donald in Maryland, a trucker friend, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm not going to tell you how great you are because you already know. (laughs) Thank you, yes. I I just wanted to ask you a question. And, you know, I listen to conservative radio all day long. Okay. Okay? Now. How am I doing? You you do great. I I love listening to you, man. You're passionate and you're you're a force to be reckoned with, man. But listen, I just wanted to know, why is it that? You know, when the Obamas were in office, right? I heard people on the right talking about Michelle and her daughters like animals. Well, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't know who that is. I can speak for myself. I certainly never spoke about them like animals. There's absolutely no way. And, and hold on. And as far as Michelle goes, I strongly disagreed with her politics. But I never talked about her looks. I never, I just don't, I never talked about, you know, the, 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 the kind of things that you hear with this, uh, with this Huckabee Sanders. I mean, you've listened to my show, you know that's true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think that she's being mistreated too. But, you know, I, I just don't, I don't get where, you know, if the left well, let's talk about a bigger issue here, if I might. Okay. All right. Which is this. How can you be a senator who supported Bill, put politics aside, Bill Clinton, you know the history, you know the lawsuits, you know the allegations, you know he, he was disbarred, you know he paid a fine, you know all that stuff. How can political people in Washington who defended him and didn't want to oust him based on this stuff, now say Donald Trump should resign. That's what I want to understand. Can you help me with that, Donald? Let me ask, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Yep. Okay. I don't agree with Bill Clinton either, but because Bill Clinton did this, 
Is it okay for Donald Trump to have done that? Well, he didn't I mean, do this. He was never sued. He wasn't accused of rape. Uh, he didn't do anything in the Oval Office with an intern. I mean, the cases are just very dissimilar. I understand. I understand. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I never knew that Clinton was accused of uh, rape. Oh, yeah. Let me ask some. You're a trucker, is that right? Yes, sir. What do you, you drive an 18-wheeler? Yes, sir. What what kind of things do you transport? I'm always curious. I do um I do like like CVS stuff like you know going to different stores. Yes. CVS, the drugstore. Yeah. Okay. Drug and by store. the way, they just bought Aetna, so that's only going to get bigger. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Do you like uh, the job? Yes, sir. How yes, how many sir. days a year on your are you on the road? Um, normally I was I I may be home. Uh, on the weekends, some uh, like once or twice uh, a month. So you spend week. a lot of time away from your family. Yeah, I, I drive a lot. I drive a lot, a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. um, but man, I, I, I do enjoy listening to you because I mean you are very very passionate, and I know that I mean you don't take no junk, man. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you you kill me. Uh, let me tell you, you're a very, very nice man, and I appreciate it. Dangerous out there, particularly with the weather changing, so you take care of yourself, all you truckers. You be careful. Thank you, Donald. Give us a call again. Appreciate it. Let us continue. Bob, Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go. Hey, Mark. What's relevant for me in this current political debate of sex sexual harassment Bill Clinton committed his sexual offenses and perjury while in the office of president, which and it was which made the impeachment hearings valid and necessary. These 40 year old allegations against now, hold on, now hold on before we get to that. He was held in contempt uh, because of a deposition that was being conducted with him in the Paula Jones lawsuit. And she accused him as governor of, you know, doing some lowered things to her. And she said those occurred in 1991, and she sued him a few years later. So you're right about the length of time, but it wasn't what took place uh, while he was in the uh, Oval Office. I believe it was what took place. I'm doing this by memory. It took place uh, right before he was in the Oval Office. But you're right about the time limit. I mean, there is a difference between 38 years and three. Well, in the Monica Lewinsky issue, to, to take well, that's true. the White House. That's true. So, so it was current. But as far as Roy Moore is concerned, these allegations that are 40 years old, what's more relevant for me is how the man has conducted himself uh, in recent times as a father, a husband, a lawyer, a judge, a leader in his church. Well, now they'll tell you he was removed twice from the Alabama Supreme Court. But let me let me say this to you. I get your point very much. And let's be honest as a nation here. The vast majority of people who oppose Roy Moore today opposed him before the Washington Post article ever came out. That's fair. Opposed him before it ever came out. Mitch McConnell did everything he could to get Luther Strange nominated. He went after Mo Brooks. Then he went after Roy Moore. Same with Karl Rove. Same with the whole Republican establishment. Same with all the, uh, the media. They were going to fight. Roy Moore, no matter what came up or no matter what they overheard at a rally, and so forth and so on. 
If it wasn't this, it would have been something else. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. And I'd like your your. And, and in fact, one of the things they're arguing now, or have been in Alabama lately, and much of the nation doesn't know, is that he is a segregationist like George Wallace, which is absurd. That's it's, been going on down there too. All right, go ahead. It's the typical politics of personal destruction that the left has engaged in for decades. Um, but I'd like your thought on something. If Roy Moore is victorious today, my advice to Mitch McConnell and the salivating establishment Republicans is to tread lightly on that threat of an ethics hearing. Because in my mindset, the Roy Moore allegations have been adjudicated by tens of thousands of jurists in Alabama. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, but it's not going to matter. It's not the same thing, and uh, if they want to refer it over to the Ethics Committee, they're going to refer it over to the Ethics Committee. And I th- I think they're absolutely committed to that, so we'll see. All right, Bob, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Also, the media keep pushing this stuff as it helps ratings. I'm reading here a Washington Post piece yesterday. Megyn Kelly's dismal ratings rise will focus on sexual harassment. Next up, Trump accusers. So she had the Trump accusers on. So her ratings have been going up. She uh, she dealt with uh, Harvey Weinstein, Bill O'Reilly, uh, and so forth and so on. And her ratings have been going up. In the lead-up to the vote in Alabama, you can watch these cable shows. All of them are saying, uh, you know, breaking news, stay with us, election night special, uh, because they're looking for reasons to draw your attention beyond the usual menu of programming. You, can, you need to keep something in mind. Media, media is a business. Excuse me. Media are businesses. That's what they are. Ratings means money. TV especially, because you get ratings in TV the next day, and they break down every quarter hour viewership by age demographic and other demographics every single day within 24 hours. Radio is much different. We have these these so-called people meters, and we don't know what's going on for a month, and you can't tell one show from the next which one's doing better than the other, and and on and on and on. It's a very inexact science. But for TV, it is a much more exacting science. And they are all counting on huge ratings tonight. They're all expecting you to be glued to your televisions. And that's one of several reasons why they keep building up this Alabama race. CNN and MSNBC have figured out that they need to counter-program Fox. And the way they figured they need to counter-program Fox is not with fair and balance and that sort of thing. It is to go after the Democrat base. So CNN, which used to actually brag about being a, a, a real news operation, is not a real news operation. MSNBC is not a real news operation. 
they are entertainers, performers for the Democrat base, and they go after the Democrat base. And they go after the Democrat base by attacking Republicans, conservatives, who are Republicans. Not all of them clearly are. Uh, by attacking Trump, by race baiting, uh, by all kind, you know, the usual Democrat techniques are adopted by CNN and MSNBC, which are populated mostly with liberal Democrats. Even look at the Republicans on MSNBC. Nicole Wallace, what a clown, what a low IQ fraud. Joe Scarborough, I told you, he's the little boy from Deliverance. He's a, he's a complete regressive. So even the Republicans are carefully picked. They pick the clowns. And so tonight is ratings night for these networks. That's what they're all about. Not many colleges can claim that they're 100% financially independent from both federal and state governments. In fact, I can think of only one in the entire country that refuses government funding of every kind, not one penny, and that's Hillsdale College. Why? Because government money comes with strings, and Hillsdale refuses to have government bureaucrats dictate what and how they're supposed to teach or run their campus. From the very beginning in 1844, Hillsdale has provided a world-class education that upholds America's founding principles and preserves the blessings of civil and religious liberty. Everything Hillsdale does, from the financial aid that 97% of its students receive to the completely free online courses it offers you, depends on generous donors who recognize the worth of independence. Financial freedom preserves the integrity and excellence of a Hillsdale liberal arts education. Attracting the nation's brightest students in scores of fields of study, from music to biology to business, Hillsdale College teaches their students to pursue truth and defend liberty. Yep, learn more about how Hillsdale College helps all of us become better, more independent citizens, and how you can help Hillsdale further freedom at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, the polls in Alabama close in four minutes or so. Now, we will be here, we'll keep an eye on it, but not to, you know, do the usual media stuff. We will be here to speak the truth, to hear you, me, together, about what results, if any, uh, come through and what we can glean from them. I'll be right back. of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know what's happening? It's amazing. The same media that have condemned Roy Moore, condemned the people of Alabama, are trying to profit tonight off of Roy Moore and the people of Alabama by driving up their ratings. You would think that this is a national presidential election, the way it's being covered. You would think it's a national presidential election. Now, they have exit polling, which can be way off at times, and it's been way off in many elections. 
but they don't know the results. So they have to fill an hour. They have to fill an hour, so they're going to be there interviewing each other as experts. What do you think? What if this one wins? What if that one wins? And what if he loses and he loses? And what if he wins? And they go on and on and on, talking to each other. We'll get to it. We have results in the next hour that are worth telling you about. We're monitoring this. We're looking at the state of Alabama election results directly. We, we have results that are, that are worthwhile. We'll let you know. It's like other states in the sense that there are Democrat pockets and the Republican pockets. And we'll see what happens. But, uh, boy, to build this up the way this has been built up. And, of course, we already had one commentator on our favorite network, network saying what? Well, you know, uh, I don't see how the Republicans win. I don't see how the Republicans win. Can we talk about something else while we're waiting for the actual results? Rahm Emanuel was on CBS Late Show last night with Stephen Colbert. I know it's Colbert, but he's annoying. I want to comment on something that he said. Will you join me in this? I want you to listen to Cut 10. Cut 10, Mr. Producer, go. We, I call it a welcoming city, not a sanctuary city. Okay. And we are welcome uh, immigrants from around the world. There are 140 languages spoken in the Chicago public schools. A hundred years ago, my grandfather came to Chicago, 13 years old by himself. Chicago welcomed him, and his grandson now is the mayor. Chicago, the United States, is the greatest city and the greatest country in the world. In not Baranani. And an immigrant's grandson to be the mayor. And here's the other thing. A little history of Chicago. The only city not to participate in the Fugitive Slave Act of returning slaves back to the South, the city of Chicago. So being a sanctuary city is in our history. First of all, there were two Fugitive Slave Acts. That's the first point. The second point is the city, and of course the state, in many respects was controlled by Republicans. Not exclusively. Uh, it was the Democrats who supported the Fugitive Slave Act. It was the Supreme Court that upheld the Fugitive Slave Act. It was the North, it was Republicans, it was Republican Supreme Court justices who opposed the Fugitive Slave Acts with an S. But let me tell you what's ironic about the idiot making this comment. The Fugitive Slave Acts, plural, there were two of them, were federal laws. They were federal laws. The Fugitive Slave Acts were federal laws. So those people who reject federalism, those people who reject the Tenth Amendment. It's ironic. Those people who think the federal government's noble, the federal government's all about civil rights, it's a mixed bag for the federal government as it's a mixed bag for certain states. The Fugitive Slave Acts essentially required the free states or neutral states to return escaped slaves to the states from where they came, to the owners, quote-unquote, from whom they escaped. This was federal law. Federal law. 
Now, as for Rahm Emanuel's point about we're a welcoming city, we're not a sanctuary, we're a welcoming city. We have federal law in this case, which was upheld by the Supreme Court, which essentially holds that the federal government controls the issue of immigration, whether you agree with it or not. And so what Chicago's doing in this case is not the same as what was done with respect to the Fugitive Slave Act. It's the same as what was done with the Confederacy. They're nullifying a federal law. They're nullifying a federal law, not because the federal law is unconstitutional, as the Fugitive Slaves Slave Acts were. They're nullifying a federal law because they're leftists who would disagree with it. They're simply leftists who disagree with it. And yet that's his position. And, you know, and they're really not in a position to challenge it because Stephen Colbert doesn't know his foot from his hand. He doesn't know his foot from his hand. So I wanted to point that out. And this is the way these kinds of ideas float in the culture. These are the way these kinds of ideas permeate the culture. Yes, Mary in Pittsburgh, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Mary? Um, good. How are you? Okay. I've never talked to you on the radio, but I listen to you all the time. <laughs> Thank you. And I I agree with everything you're saying. Um, oh, wow, then you're a genius. No. <laughs> Partial. Um, I told your call screener that any woman that has been elected and in Congress who knew about all these things happening, all the sexual harassment and basically the assaults or whatever you want to call it, battery, and didn't do anything about it, needs to resign. I mean, I, I raised... Well, who are you talking about? Any of them. Barbara Boxer, Nancy Pelosi, if they knew about it, they need to go. Because they let Here's it happen. my question to you. How did they not know about it? How did, All of a sudden, you'll recall, or it seems like all of a sudden, we have people testifying and saying we need sexual harassment training. What's, they're so stupid. They mean anti-sexual harassment training. You're not training people how to sexually harass, are you? No, you mean anti-sexual harassment training. And uh, I'm thinking, well, where did this come from? And then we're told it's a pervasive problem on Capitol Hill. And your point is, if it's known as a pervasive problem on Capitol Hill, if they have a secret slush fund of taxpayer dollars from which they're paying settlements... And if it's known that they need an anti-sexual harassment mandatory training course for senators and congressmen and their staff, well, why hasn't anybody told us about who's doing the sexual harassing, you're saying? Exactly. We had to take what was called POSH in the military, Prevention of Sexual Harassment. And if you saw it or you knew about it, you had to take action. Now, what's funny about this whole thing is that a man who goes up and holds a woman's hand is now sexually harassing her. If she's sending messages, and rape is rape, and it needs to be punished. It needs to be punished to the full extent. First, Fred, let's let it. Physical touching. I don't mean holding hands, but groping. We all know what we're talking about. You know, that, that ought to be prosecuted. Exactly. And if your mommy didn't tell you what not to touch as a woman or a man, then mommy was wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. 
But what happens is if a guy goes up and he rubs your shoulder and you say, don't do that, and he doesn't pick up on that, then the next thing is you need to punch him or smack him across the face. Hmm. If you don't do that, then you have not sent the message clear enough to where he keeps his hands off of you. A guy who goes in to give you a peck on the cheek, if there is a miscue because he is not picking up a signal the right way, I mean, I'm feeling sorry for guys right well, now. Well, we need the circumstances. If some guy's dropping his pants and calls you into his office for a meeting, uh, that's a problem. But a mere allegation... Just if you're like- sleeping on an airplane and some guy's grabbing your breasts, that's a problem. If you've been flirting back and forth for three or four weeks, and then uh, you hold a woman's hand as you're walking, and she says sexual harassment, sexual harassment, I don't believe that's sexual harassment. No, what we're going to do is we're going to polarize the sexes where they won't even go near each other because they're afraid. Which is kind of funny coming from leaders in the Democrat Party, isn't it? Where we all share the same bathroom and on and on and on. All right, Mary, I appreciate your call from Pittsburgh. Boy, Pittsburgh pulled out that game, and Mr. Producer is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Isn't that right? Boy, they barely pulled that game out, Mr. I don't know what you're cheering about. They barely pulled that game out. You do have your quarterback, unlike the Eagles, but he's getting old. And I'm hoping he uh, he isn't charged with anything either. No offense. Uh, not, that he, not that he would be. Of course, not that he would be. Jamie! Newman, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Newman, Georgia. Yeah, Rahm Emanuel and any other mayor that's in these sanctuary cities should be locked up for breaking the law. This is a country of laws, and when you've got the leaders that are breaking the laws, why why is our DOJ not doing this? Why, why is he not doing it? Well, you know why. You can't just lock up mayors for breaking laws. You have to have trials and all, but the problem is the court's... Uh, don't seem to be sympathetic to upholding the rule of law. So what do you want them to do? You want them to call out the cavalry and just grab the mayor and throw him in prison? Well, what did they do back in, this, in the civil rights? Didn't they send down the, the National Guard and, and, and make them uh, uh, do the school system for blacks and whites? Didn't, didn't, uh, who was that? Didn't well, it's not the same thing because the courts are defending these sanctuary cities. Where's the court? Well, hold on, I'm answering your question. You're asking me, well, didn't they do this back then? Were the courts rightly uh, upheld the civil rights of individuals uh, under the circumstances you're mentioning? Uh, the fact of the matter is today the courts will not uphold federal law in these circumstances. They will not even allow the President of the United States to issue a what was a mundane executive order uh, to protect this country. Now, the Supreme Court basically did 7-2, to two, but we do have a problem with the Supreme Court on immigration. Well, the, the judges that are, that are not following the Constitution need to be replaced, and we need people in... Okay, in, sir, in, sir, how would you replace them? How would you replace the, the judge? How do you replace a lifetime them? judge? I mean, I understand we need to replace this guy and lock up this guy, but we can't replace him. They have lifetime appointments. They have to be impeached and removed from office. They're not going to impeach them and remove them from office. The last time a judge, in this case a justice, was impeached because of views that the President of the United States disagreed with was Samuel Chase. 
and the President of the United States, who was uh, Jefferson, pushed for his impeachment. The impeachment failed. Then put people in power in Congress and the Senate that will do what needs to be done. All right, Report thanks for your call. Well, I mean, these are obvious arguments, but there's, but they're not... They don't deal with how the system exists. can't just lock up a mayor unless you get a court order or some other, uh, you know, circumstance and process in place, which is almost impossible. You can't just send in the National Guard because that won't be upheld. And you can't just replace judges. Now, people say, well, what the hell do we do, Mark? Well, you do one of two things. You call me and whine, or you get behind Article 5, Convention of States. How many people who call here and say, we ought to do this, and we ought to do this, and we should do this, are people who actually themselves aren't doing anything? Go ahead and join your local chapter of Convention of States, Article 5, and help us out. It's the only answer I have. Does somebody else have a different answer? Well, what is it? What's the solution if not that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I don't know the results. I don't know anything close to the results. But Mitch McConnell is responsible for this too, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on in Alabama? The polls are closed. Let me explain. Without knowing who's winning, without knowing who's going to win, Mitch McConnell, Carl Rove, I forget the other guy's name, used to work for Cruz, they poured a fortune into the Republican primary in Alabama. Most of it to defeat Mo Brooks. It was the traditional, quintessential conservative candidate. Because they felt they could, you know, wipe out Roy Moore head-to-head with Luther Strange. Luther Strange, of course, had his own ethical issues, uh, given his relationship to the former governor, and that former governor's appointment of Luther Strange to the Senate seat, uh, that was vacated by Jeff Sessions, who became Attorney General. But let me underscore my point. Mo Brooks was hated by Karl Rove, and he was hated by Mitch McConnell because he announced early on he would never support McConnell for majority leader or minority leader. So McConnell's about McConnell. So McConnell goes after Brooks because Brooks will not support him. This is how unpatriotic McConnell is, in my view. This is how self-serving McConnell is. This is why I've never liked the man. Ever. It's fashionable not to like him now, but I, I've never cared for him. He's an operator, and he operates for himself. So by knocking out Mo Brooks, they had this runoff between the two top vote-getters, Luther Strange and Roy Moore, and Roy Moore defeated Luther Strange even though President Trump backed Luther Strange and the establishment backed Luther Strange and others did, Roy Moore won. So, like him or not, support him or not, I'm just doing an analysis here. The fact that Roy Moore is the Republican nominee 
is in significant part due to Mitch McConnell. In significant part due to Mitch McConnell. Even though that was not his intention. It backfired on him. Now Mitch McConnell talks if the guy's elected, and we don't know whether he will be or not, that uh, goes to the Ethics Committee, his uh, his uh, uh, his guy, uh, Corey Gardner's out there saying he should be expelled and so forth. They created this situation. They created this situation. They could have all rallied around Mo Brooks, but they didn't. I'm only pointing this out. Because McConnell's going way out of his way to say, if this guy's elected, we're going to fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. If this guy's elected, in part, it's as a result of Mitch McConnell's shenanigans in the Republican primary. Which were all about Mitch McConnell and not about the country or the people of Alabama. I just wanted to put that in there. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. The New York Times, in its public reporting, is saying this is going to be extremely close. Extremely close. Maybe less than one point. I don't know if that's true or not. I just don't know. Uh, Basically, uh, you've got what is it here? Hold on, one. just stick with me. You've got what percentage of the vote in? You've got 11,000 votes being counted. There's about 1.3 million left. So you're going to see on uh, cable TV and other places, uh, 63% to 35%, or 53 to 40 We don't know a thing yet. We just don't. But it's important you keep watching cable. They want to, or not just cable, the networks too. They want to get their ratings up, 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 up. Watch them, watch them, watch them, watch them. Well, or you can watch CRTV. If you're looking still for that perfect gift for the fellow conservatives in your life, I'd like to make a suggestion. Give them the gift of information, education, and entertainment this holiday season. Give them a subscription to CRTV. Over on Levin TV, we've been covering everything you don't hear from the liberal mainstream media, like the real facts behind the Mueller investigation, the growing tension with North Korea, and much more. It's only 89 bucks when you use promo code LEVIN. And with it, you'll get a free limited edition mug with my mug on it. You only have a little time left to take advantage of this offer, so give us a call today at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We've got some big announcements coming in 2018, and we want you to be part of what we're doing. We're taking media back from liberals and giving you transparent, honest shows from trustworthy hosts. So sign up today, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to get your free Levin TV mug. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV or visit levintv.com. And I'll tell you something. Let me underscore it. The annual subscription is usually $99. It's usually $99. How much is that a year? A little over 8 bucks a, a, a month, I guess? How much is that a month? Something like that? And you'll get the free mug. It's 8 bucks. 
And at $89, you're getting 10% off, essentially, plus the mug. It is a great gift to give. If you have a conservative member of your family, a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, an uncle, an aunt, yeah, well, you know the family members. If you have a conservative member or somebody who's fairly conservative, they're going to love CRTV. You watch. They're going to say, you got me what? That's terrific. On top of that, I've got a Mark Levin, Levin TV mug. That's unbelievable. Now, you might say, I already have this. I know. Get it as a gift for somebody else. Or the millions out you might, of you might say, I don't have this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to watch it, where to put it. Folks, it's so simple. It's cutting-edge technology. It's where everybody is today. You can watch it on your TV if you want to. We'll show you how to set it up. If you have a smart TV, you're set up for it. We'll show you what to do. So give us a call. Levin TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. And we're trying to encourage you to do it now during the holidays. That's why we're taking uh, the price down from $99 to $89 for an entire year, plus the free mug, the Levin TV mug, which you can ask for. Uh, no change, no change on the uh, uh, the election results of any consequence uh, in, um, as best as I can tell. The New York Times is still saying uh, in its comment uh, section on the uh, election results, which they're taking from the Alabama uh, election results, that it's just too close. You're going to see 59% for Jones, 40%. For Roy Moore, 0.7% write-in and so forth. 18,000 people they're counting so far. And you also have to determine the geographic area. So as I say, this will take a little time to sort itself out. But don't worry. Hang in there. Watch, 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 watch. Let us go to Andy in Danbury, Connecticut on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hello? Hello? Oh, hey, uh, I just wanted to give my personal take on this uh, yes, whole please. election yeah. going on. Personally, I'm not a fan of either of these two candidates. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One, yes. more is the same. I don't mean to be rude, but can you speed it up just a touch? I mean, uh, for one thing, Jones is a... We're all sitting on the edge of our chairs, so it's important that you speed it up. I don't know. You know, I wish Morris Brook, you know, was the Republican candidate. Maybe I would have been more supportive. Yes, yes. You live in Connecticut, as I recall. No, Florida. Oh, Alec, I'm sorry. You live in Florida. Yeah. Are you voting in uh, Alabama? No, but I like to follow around the political landscape. Okay, but, you're, but I just want to make sure, because you said you could support him, but, so I was just wondering... If you live in Florida and you're voting in Alabama, just curious. I'm not a personal fan of Moore. I think allegations aside, he I don't like him. He said some off the wall stuff. Yes. Um, like he said. And How about the way he vote. would vote? Would you like the way he would vote? In the end, isn't that what senators do? They vote. I, well, maybe... They vote. They vote on legislation. They vote against legislation. They vote for spending. They vote against spending. They vote for borrowing. They vote against borrowing. Isn't that what they do? They vote. So who would vote better, do you think? I think, uh, well, then again, uh, more probably just because of 
the financial side. I see. All right, sir. We appreciate it. Let's continue. Marshall, Longview, Texas, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. It's an honor to speak to you, longtime listener, first-time caller. Thank you, sir. Um, a lifelong Southerner, born, bred, and raised down here. Republican. I go back as far as Watergate, and there's where my comments start, sir. And I know I got to talk fast because, like your previous caller, I'm also an over-the-road truck driver. Uh, ever since Watergate, it, the press is not interested in truth. They're just interested in a story. And it, as the old saying goes, if it bleeds, it leads. And when I was in school. We had bomb drills, the old nuclear bomb drills where a series of bells would go off and you would crouch underneath your desk. I've always known and been taught that there are countries and governments and peoples willing mm-hmm. to see us destroyed, but I never, ever thought I would live to see the day that politics, it would be finger-pointing, after Watergate, it's 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 who can stay in power and point the blame at, at the other party for everything that's gone wrong. And the press seems to have forgotten about being liable and slanderous and defamation of character because they just print whatever they want. And they're like, oh, well. Well, our well I, I can tell you, certainly since I've gotten older, the press is very sloppy. The press is... Wrong more often than it ever was, in my view. Uh, issuing uh, quasi-corrections for the most part. You have a much less intelligent and informed uh, so-called reporter out there these days. And I'm, I'm speaking generally, not in every single case. Uh, and you have people who want to get into journalism for the purpose of advancing an ideology. Or trying to stick at the people, rather than trying to produce news. And, uh, and not try and influence the outcome events of events. And All right, my friend, go ahead. What's that? In closing, I'd like to say there's five. There's five. Are you a lawyer, that, sir? Do what? Are you a lawyer? No, sir, I'm not. Because you said in closing, I'm going. Oh, oh, what did I do? All right, well, go ahead. No, no I, I know you have other callers that that, yes, that want yes. to speak to. But you know, I've narrowed it down to like five general rules that I think the government should do. Number one, provide for the common defense. Number two, promote the general welfare and protect my country from enemies, foreign and domestic. Stay out of my pocketbook. And All right, you're going to have to hurry because we're going to need to go. All right, sir, i got to move. I'm sorry. Those words sound familiar to me. But thanks for your call. Jerry, Stratford, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. Mark, I think Jerry. the just way to deal with the sexual harassment and other misconduct allegations, and time permitting a comment on why I haven't watched my beloved Philadelphia Eagles all year. On the, on the allegations, when they come up during the political season, the only way you can deal with these things fairly is they must come out during the primary. So voters have a true choice. So you're not stuck with somebody... Well, we, can't, we can't stop the media from reporting stuff after a primary, though. Right, but 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 you, the voter, and I, the voter, and the person who's trying to have their you know has an opinion about these things, if the allegations come out after the primary and the ticket is set, especially when they're forty years old, then I want to discount them. If okay. They came out well, there, everybody's free to do that. All right. What's your Eagles comment before we have to go here? 
Well, just with these 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 knee takers and these Colin Kaepernick's, they've totally turned me off on the game because, in my judgment, when those players take a knee, they're saying we hate the police, we side against the law and orders, and we side with the criminals. That's why I can't stomach this because they're siding with the cop killers. Uh, in in my judgment. All right. Well, I agree with that. All right, my friend. Uh, thank you for uh, edifying us. Let us continue. Andy. Well, I just did Andy. Glenn. Okay, I'm going to Glenn, Livermore, California, the great KSFO. Go. Yes, thank you for having me. I just wanted to get your opinion. Now, if uh, we were uh, 50 years back, uh, let's say 1950, and the current political landscape and atmosphere uh, as we have now, uh, do you think the people of the 1950s would be inclined to support someone like uh, Moore uh, with all the implications, uh, all the accusations that he's getting thrown at him? Do you think the people of then would uh, be inclined to I, support I don't, I don't have the foggiest idea. Why do you think not? the people back then would support Doug Jones, a radical leftist? Mm. Um, I'm not sure... Uh, uh, Do you think the people back then would support a candidate who supports uh, uh, abortion on demand, including um, the worst kinds of abortions? Uh, definitely, they would not be. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, the question are... could be asked of either candidate. All right, Glenn, we're going to go to Andy, Danbury, Connecticut, quickly on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. I want to thank you for everything you do. I mean, my father, who's 97-year-old, World War II veteran, we listen to you every night, and we oh, enjoy man. your program. Please tell him thank you for me, would you? You're very welcome. He's listening right now. And he's well, what enjoying. is his name? Anthony. Anthony, we salute you, sir. Thank you. Now, what I was going to call about was yeah. one of the things you mentioned was that what could we do about these judges that don't follow the laws? The federal laws, federal judges, can't the Congress do something about uh, if they don't follow federal law about? Uh, no, Congress them? can impeach a federal judge. And it's interesting when it comes to Trump, you'll hear them say it's a political question. It's a political question. And yet apparently when it comes to judges, it's not a political question. Uh, it's something else. That's number one. But as a as a matter of uh, historical practice, the impeachment of a judge really does require something actually criminal. And again, I think that there's an irony there. Uh, the second point I would mention to you is if you read the Constitution, Congress has the power to take jurisdiction away from the lower courts because Congress creates the lower courts. There is not a single word about the appellate courts or the federal district courts in the Constitution. Congress created every single federal district court and every single appellate, that is, circuit court in the country. It has the power to eliminate them. It has the power to combine them. It has the power to create more of them. It has the power to take jurisdictions, uh, a jurisdiction away from them in particular subject matter areas. I'm not arguing for it. I'm just making the point uh, along the lines of your point, which Congress does have that power. Is Congress going to do it? No. Uh, one of the reform amendments that I propose in the Liberty Amendments, I wish people would read it, is one of the 11, is that three-fifths of both houses of Congress, acting within 24 months, have the power to overturn a majority Supreme Court, excuse me, a yeah, majority Supreme Court decision, or three-fifths of the state legislatures. 
would have the power to do that as well. So you don't have to rely on a John Roberts to lie his way through an opinion and upholding Obamacare, among others. And then that's the law of the land, where we all sit on the edge of our seats in June and say, what are they going to do to us now? How are they going to rule now? And it is amazing. Is it not, not to you, sir, that you can have a 5-4 decision to determine what a fundamental right is or is not? Absolutely. Well, if it's a fundamental right, wouldn't you really have a 9-0 to zero decision? You would think. You would think. So it's 5-4, to four, so really one lawyer, one justice has made that decision. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results when looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight with Capterra.com. Whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software, you need software and Capterra's got you covered. Search Capterra's 400 categories of software. Discover the right tool for your business, anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and beyond. Capterra makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Captera has thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. Best of all, using Captera is absolutely free. Absolutely free. 2018 will be here before you know it. So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do better. Join the millions who use Captera. That's Captera. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A. Dot com slash Levin. Captera dot com slash Levin. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're off the air in a few minutes. The first hour of the of the results from uh, Alabama, which is uh, the polls have been closed for an hour. Uh, you can see that uh, Roy Moore has uh, with six uh, with nine uh, percent of the precincts fully reporting, fifty two point two percent. Doug Jones has forty six point four percent. Now, it's a toss up. We don't know where all these votes are coming from. It's a toss-up. Now, I can give you a prediction. It doesn't matter. But I think Roy Moore is going to squeak it out. And I could be dead wrong. But I think he's going to squeak it out. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It doesn't change history. Uh, But remember what I said. Remember what I said. Whether he wins or loses, they're going to be attacking Trump. It's a loss for Trump. Roy Moore wins, it's a loss for Trump. Roy Moore loses, it's a loss for Trump. And that's what they're going to say. They'll dress it up in one way or another. Now, all the Svengali's out there, people who want to take credit for a victory, people who want to distance themselves, uh, it'll give you a headache. And most of this stuff is self-serving, people projecting their own egos on top of all of this. There's been very little real analysis of the issues. Very little. More about personalities, more about gotchas, more about news stories, and all the rest. So as of right now, the reports are it's a toss-up. We don't know exactly, or I don't, where these votes are coming from. I had to guess, and that's all it is. I don't want to upset you if it doesn't turn out this way. If I had to guess, Roy Moore slips in. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We have a great Levin TV tonight, and we will have a great radio program tomorrow. We'll give you the real scoop on this election in Alabama and a lot more. See you then. Have a good night.